Hello and welcome back. I'm Dr. Nicola and this is Aspen Talks Health. Today I am joined by Danielle Howard. She is a certified financial planner. She's also the founder of Wealth by Design and the host of a very cool podcast called Wealth Done Differently with a focus on retirement. And she's also the author of this amazing book, Your Financial Revolution. It's excellent. I'm definitely going to copy. Welcome to the show. Hi, Nicola. Thank you for being here. So I brought Danielle on the show because one of the biggest contributors to declining health is stress. And what are most of us stressed about? Finances. And very most especially is long-term finances and having enough for retirement. So this is a valuable, valuable show for any of you out there that know someone or personally are preparing to prepare for the end of your life for the second uh, sorry for, and <laughs> the second half <laughs> second well, half the you, fall season yes thank you i like that you say it that way yes. fall season of your life yeah I, I think you touch on something really important is that there's a lot of stress around that idea of having enough down the road and i'm all about rewriting that idea i think that people are living longer and uh there's the old way of looking at retirement is antiquated. You know, with Social Security, it's much, it, was, it was built on the idea that it was only going to last for a few years, and that you were going to just take Social Security for a few years. Or Dell Webbs, let's, let's pull away from the rest of the world and seclude ourselves in retirement communities where it's all about the fun and festivities and frivolity. What, um, what science is showing what research is showing across the board is that with life expectancies increasing and the opportunity to continue contributing is that we want to look at retirement differently. And I think in that, if we start changing our perspectives, that we can start looking at minimizing the stress around our financial lives. Right, it makes sense. People are working much longer, but I think there are people are also shifting to more of a purposeful, driven careers, so they don't want to stop at 65. Right. Why draw that line in the sand and uh, sail off into the sunset, white linen and a cocktail in hand, when we're called to stay engaged and what are you passionate about? What excites you? What makes you want to get up in the morning and when you put your head on the pillow at night, feel like you have contributed? Right. And I think it's important that we take a look at our financial resources as being the wind beneath the sails that will keep us moving in that trajectory instead of that line in the sand that we're supposed to get to that elicits, you know, shame and guilt and very unhealthy financial perspectives and mindsets. And I think we are in this new season and we have a whole great big wide open door of opportunity to rewrite all of this. Yeah, I love that. So you refer to rewirement and refirement. Is that what you're speaking of now? How yes. does that differ than retirement? You know, again, retirement, if you think about it in your head or maybe think about somebody you know who've gone, who's gone through that in the past, whether it's a parent or a grandparent, and that idea that you draw that proverbial line in the sand. You step over into it, you start taking Social Security, your pension, you get the gold watch, you start gardening. Um, it's so much more than that. Yeah. And so how do you stay engaged? How do you stay vital? How do you bring the wisdom that you have accumulated over a lifetime and bring that and 
stay engaged with the world. Yeah, makes sense. That's beautiful. How do you help your clients do that? It's a combination of life planning mm. and the financial aspect to that. I think, again, the, the focus in the traditional financial planning world has all been about goal setting, whether I want to draw that line in the sand and retire, or I want that vacation home, or I want to travel, or I want to, you know, it's all goal-related. Where this is, um, I work with more about what it does it take to create a healthy financial life, both now and down the road. So it's more about transition planning. It's more about strategies to utilize the um, financial opportunities, whether it's the money coming into your life or how you're sharing and giving, how you're growing and nurturing and protecting, how you're investing, and how you're spending. So it's whole life focused. So as we're learning more and more from the physical side, that it's you can't separate and put finances in a box and put your relationships in a box or put your health in a box. It all needs to be interwoven and worked with together. Yeah, it's so true. And you and drive so much joy. For one chapter in the book is on giving. I loved it. And, you, and, and planning for it and creating a little bit of structure. And then you can give with so much more joy, knowing that you have allocated amounts. And, and it's wonderful. There's, there's freedom within safe boundaries. Right. So whether it's how you're choosing to give or how you're choosing to spend, that if you know what your boundaries are with health, you know, you don't want to go to a buffet and eat everything. Yeah. Even if it's all healthy. Even if it's all healthy. <laughs> there are healthy limits. Right. And, and so with any area of our life, knowing what safe boundaries are, what healthy boundaries are, and I think we have a world coming at us that is telling us you're not enough. You need to look like this. You need to drive this car. You need to have this phone. You need to live in this house. And we're told what we should look like instead of looking inside and being true to ourselves yeah. and then having that be expressed in our financial decisions. Yeah, so true, so true. So what components of money are unique to women as they look towards their fall season? Great question. Thank you. Um, and I know a lot of your audience is, is women. Um, Again, the idea that women are, um, they're living longer. You know, when you go on, you type in uh, challenges, you know, do a Google search on challenges with women and, and aging and retirement, and it'll come up with all the headwinds. Well, women live longer. Women are, spend less time in the workforce. They're more likely to be caretakers, uh, stuck in the sandwich generation, maybe taking care of children at the same time they're taking care of parents. Um, I like to turn it a little bit and say, you know, because women are nurturers, because we are focused on, more likely focused on health in our lives in all aspects, yes, we're going to live longer. Um, and because of that, we need to be very wise about our money. And women tend to focus, I hear it a lot, I'm not good with money. I let him handle that. Women tend to abdicate 
their financial responsibility, whether it is understanding their worth in the workplace. Women, on average, earn 21% less than their male counterparts doing the exact same thing. So what do we need to do to bring money into our lives with integrity, dignity, competency, grace, and joy? Know what we're worth and ask for it. Right. I've struggled with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we tend to give things away for free. Oh. <laughs> I, I do it too. Master at that one. I do it too. It's because we're nurturers. And so, you know, women have been, de been designed uniquely. And the financial world, I think, traditionally has been seen as more of a male-dominated. Um, it's not right or wrong. It's just that we need to understand what we bring to the table in the world of finance, in the world of using our money as a flow of our intentions of who we are, of speaking our true voice, speaking my true voice, I have no voice. <laughs> um, but I, I think, you know, women do have a lot of challenges, and I think there's a lot of opportunities that we are finding our voice, that we are stepping up and into this new season of um, taking a look at our money and having it be used in ways that reflect who we truly are. Yeah, I love that. Speaking of challenges, if you're going through a retirement or a divorce or you're widowed, uh, what financial tools would you recommend that are used so you can use wisely? I think the first thing you need to do is create an awareness of what you have. Hmm. So from the financial aspect, whether you're, you know, these are just life transitions. Mm -hmm. And one is accepting that we're going to have transitions. Right. You know, nobody wants to go through a divorce. Nobody wants to be widowed. Nobody, you know, but that's what life is. It's full of life transitions. Some of them are lovely. Weddings and grandbabies and children and, and good stuff, and then there's the tough stuff, and that's, that's life. I think if women, if everybody, is better versed in what financial tools they have to start with, and then start looking at what it takes to be proactive instead of reactive. So whether it's around Social Security, to understand that there's over 500 different ways that you can take Social Security. Wow. <laughs> and it depends on, you know, uh, are you married now? What's the age differences between partners? If you've been widowed, how long were you married? If you were divorced, how long were you married? Uh, what age are you? You know, so there's so many different facets huh. that, you know, just educating yourself um, before you make decisions. Um, whether it's in the case of a divorce or of, of widowhood or any other life transition, just connecting with what you have and knowing that you have options and then getting wise counsel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always. Yeah, it's so true. How can women find or strengthen their financial voice? Talking to each other making it okay to talk about money, being a little bit vulnerable to say, 
I don't know as much as I would like to know, and I'm going to make a step to learn a little something. Right now, is uh, April is Financial Literacy Awareness Month, as well as Social Security Awareness Month. And maybe saying, I'm going to take this month to educate myself about one aspect of a financial life, whether that is financial tools or maybe it's about my mindsets around money. In the book, I talk about what type of financial personality do you have. Mm. There's not a right or wrong one. It's just understanding who you are and maybe understanding who other people are that are in your life that are impacted by your financial decisions or you're making decisions together. So I like the idea of um, becoming aware, awakening yourself. Yeah, you said not uh, being okay with talking about money. I wonder where that came from, that it's faux pas to even speak about. Well, when you think about conversations in our families, we don't talk about sex, we don't talk politics, and you don't talk money. Huh. It's kind of, a, you know, generational curses. And different families are different. Of course. You know, uh, but I would say a lot of times in my working with clients that I will find that, that it's, it's hard to talk to each other because we can get triggered. Um, we all have money stories. I do women's workshops on you know, learning about our money stories and understanding who you are and stepping into new opportunities. Um, but knowing that sometimes our money stories are serving us and we want to build on them. If you grew up in a family that was really conversational and they talked about things and it was okay to fail and you learn from your mistakes and maybe there's things you want to build on. Other times your money stories are not serving you. So creating safe spaces where you can talk to your friends, your family, um, your significant others about money is a big, big step in heading in the right direction. Yeah, can you share some uh, money stories that don't work, or, or personality money personalities that can two very challenges? very different things? Um, I'll share one money story that um, had a pretty profound impact on me that I heard at one of my uh, classes. Uh, this gal, we did a money mindset, money history, and worked through a process. And the money story that she had, her parents were both tragically killed in a um, car accident. And they were big savers. They saved all the time. No, we can't do this because we're saving for the future. We're saving, we're saving. And then they were tragically killed. And the money story she got out of that, she never thought of it, was spend it now because you may not have tomorrow. Oof, goosebumps. Wow. And then the question that came out of that was, is that serving you? Is that message serving you? She goes, no, I have credit card debt. I live in the moment. I get what I want when I want it. I've saved nothing for the future. and no idea where that came from. Wow. And it just brought it into the light, and she could see it as a lie that it was not serving her. And then you could say, okay, what would be a baby step? What is the new story you need to write? Sometimes... You know, you have to ask yourself the question, well, what's the probability of me, you know, getting 
killed in a car accident. Well, yes, it could happen, but it might not. Right. And so, you know, what baby steps can you now start taking to maybe give you more of a future and build some savings and minimize your debt? So she was able to then start taking some little bit baby steps to head in a different direction to change her story. Huh. Interesting. Very interesting. Then uh, the personality types, would you mind sharing a few of those? There's all sorts of different, you know, we've all done, um, whether it's personality testings, you know, the disc scorings or um, Myers-Briggs, you know, there's all sorts yeah. of different ones out there. I, I talk about one in my book where I look at it from the four elements of um, the seasons, uh, you know, fire, wind, uh, fire, water, air, earth. Yeah. And it's just a playful way to look at maybe what type of person you are uh, financially. I loved it. A fire personality. <laughs> They're the entrepreneurs. Yeah. They're the ones that just dive in and go for things and might spend money a little bit more frivolously. So you, why did you relate <laughs> to fire? It just, yeah, I, I, it, for me it's all about living life to the fullest. So that's what money is there for. And there's no, if, if that's something I want to do, it's, I'm here to live once or, you know, I'm going to do it. And, and money won't stop me. Right. There's no right or wrong. There's just opportunities and challenges. Mm. So the opportunities in that is you, you live it. You are, you know, every day is you're, you're, you're making the most of it. What might some of the downsides of that be? I run out of money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I've always had enough. But, you know, it, yeah, there have been moments where it's been low. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or if there is an emergency or opportunity. Or I also talk about it from the idea that, you know, uh, from investing, a fire person might put all their money in one, they're in one basket, you know. I'm going to put it all into this one business. They don't diversify. They're not, you know, broad-based in there. So it's not right or wrong. It's just understanding who you are and understanding that there are positive aspects of it that are going to serve you well, and there are other aspects of it that may not serve you well and get you into trouble. Right. I'm more of an earth. I'm the planner. I'm the, you know, okay, I'm going to save, and I'm going to, you know... <laughs> And I had to realize. You kill me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm also an entrepreneur. I mean, I, I definitely, I, I like to think I'm kind of balanced. But um, it was, this is not based on scientific research. I did take it from some uh, different areas of study. Um, but the idea behind it is for us to just get to know ourselves yeah. better and to accept, to create that awareness of where we are, to laugh a little bit about it, to forgive ourselves where we've blown it and to say, what might I want to try on? What might I want to think about a little bit differently? I needed to try on, what would it be like to be more of an air, a more free-flowing? Um, somebody asked me to go out to dinner instead of going, oh, I don't know, I'd rather cook at home and let's, let's play games and just stay at home, go, you know what, that's within my safe boundaries. Let's, yeah, let's go. Nice. It's fun. It took me a while to step into that and feel comfortable with it, and I'm hoping that I'm getting more balanced as time goes on, but it takes time. Yeah, very nice. No, it does. The awareness brings a lot of, uh, it, it helps, because then when I'm going to spend, okay, I'm, I'm being, you know, 
very fiery. <laughs> and you get it, and you, you can kind of pause reel it just, in. Yeah, you go, where might I need? And this is where you, you hear about um, people will marry their opposites. Yeah. And that can be for a reason. Yeah. But many times when you see money causing divorce, it's because yeah, we're, we're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they've polarized, and we want to look at how to bring our personalities together and build on the positives. Yeah, love that. You have a podcast. Can you share something about uh, what people can learn if they tune in? Again, the focus is on uh, the retirement years, the rewirement years. And yes, it is really important to understand the quantitative side. Uh, so I think that knowledge piece is very important. So we touch on some of the, you know, what's changing in, you know, what, what do you need to look for in Social Security or what are some ideas around um, what's happening in the market. But it's more focused on wisdom. It's more focused on how can we bring Wall Street down to Main Street, apply it to our own lives, and especially as you move into this new season of life, um, do it with intention, with purpose, with kind of a, a, a new perspective on what it might look like. So it's a combination of the qualitative side of planning and the quantitative, the numbers crunching. You need both. Yeah. I listened to your Lynn Twist interview. Oh, my gosh. Very powerful. Yeah. Yeah, that was really impressive with her experience with Mother Teresa oh and some wealthy people that came in. Very, very interesting. Definitely one to listen to. Uh, what is one thing that my viewers could do today that would impact them the most around creating true wealth in their lives? I think you have to define what true wealth is hmm. and create, again, that awareness. Because true wealth is not what everybody else says it is. And you need to figure out what it means for yourself. And there are financial pieces to that which need to be connected. But I think that creating that awareness, what is success, what is true wealth, how does that express what's truly important to you? Yeah, it's true. There's so many components. How are you yeah. contributing? Are you serving your purpose? How are you loved? Are you loving? So many facets. Well, when you and when you bring it back to what you where you started out with, defining true wealth in your life is going to impact your health. It's going to impact your relationships. It's going to impact every aspect your spirituality. You know, it, it impacts every facet of your life. And you know, again, you need to be true to yourself. So true. You had, we had just a couple more minutes, and there was one question. Um, we had did a Toastmasters together, and you had talked about the difference between having cash and credit cards. Would you mind tapping into that real quick? Would you be okay? It's, again, it's a, it's a psych. Our monies are very wild with money. Our minds are very, we don't work well around money. Um, and there's been a lot of research that shows if you use cash, you will spend less than if you use a credit card. And we are becoming more and more disconnected with our financial choices. So whether it's a credit card or whether it's just scanning your phone or clicking the button on your computer, the more we can disconnect with that exchange, 
when you give somebody a hundred dollar bill, you feel it. You feel it. <laughs> and you feel a little bit of pain huh. for getting something that you want. But if you remove that pain, one, you're going to be less likely to really enjoy what you just got. And you need that next um, endorphin trigger sooner. Interesting. It's it's fascinating. There's there's all sorts of research out there on behavioral finance, and it is absolutely fascinating how our brains work on money or don't work on money. Um, but more and more, we're moving to a cashless society, so that's where I feel you need to bring it back to intention and mindfulness, and we just can't mindlessly scan our phones and push buttons and have stuff be brought in by drone and dropped at our door um, because it's not good for us, it's not good for our planet, and there's huge consequences. So true. How can people find you? You can reach me at www.wealthbydesign4u.com, number four, letter u.com, okay. or Danielle Howard, number four, letter u.com. Or 927-3909. Nice. Are there any final thoughts you'd like to share? I so appreciate the time today. Appreciate uh, you having me. I know you're doing some awesome work with um, a variety of aspects that you've got going on. Thank you. And I, you know, really appreciate our time together. Thank you so much. Thank I you. really, I'm grateful for all your wisdom that you just shared. It's really helpful. It'll bring a lot of people peace. Good. It's awesome. Good. All right, you guys, as always, thank you for tuning in and check out Aspen Talks Health for more information. I'll put up Danielle's information and a way to get a hold of this book as well. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. And that's it. Thank you, guys.